When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, yeah, what do you want? Beak or jaws, feathers or fur, sharp teeth or feet with claws, whatever's preferred. They'll grant you all last requests to steady your nerves, then podcast the body parts, get severed and served. Bring your weak shit where the wolf and owler. That ain't just a mistake, that's an awful howler. Both of them are known to pull up at your shows, have the crowd witnessing a murder like they rolled in with a gang of crows. Fuck the censorship, let them see the whole thing. They stay dressed to kill, never sheep's clothing. Dark enough to turn the sun to the moon, you'll see nothing. All you hear's a huff a puff and a Expect killings, red spilling and flesh ripping Impressive in it, the death bringing his head spinning Just kidding, every word in his songs About two grown men dressed up as a bird and a dog Oh Yo. my goodness Wolf and Al, Wolf and Al Hello, 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 hello Yo Tom, what can I say? There's a lot to fucking... Oh, God, There's so much. I've, I, I've promised myself I would stop swearing on this podcast. You know, we, we should say actually because we we've had a couple of people who've, who've um, complained about the swearing. I think, but I, I have to say, where I've, where have they complained? They've complained on a review, and I've had a couple of DMs. I need to say that I think it's down to um, I think tiredness on my part. I mean, I'm a swearer anyway. I am too. It's bad. You get if you get two swearers together because yeah. what happens is actually. Uh, so Lisa's not a swearer, and what that does is that balances me out because obviously, if you're talking to someone and you're fucking fucking all the time, then and they're not, you start to become yeah, aware yeah, of it. Yeah. If you're talking to somebody who's like on the same level as that, you can't. You, you actually an, become comfortable. Catherine's an avid swearer, and that's why we're now. Right. We've got to really worry about when you know she's actually better since Grace. She's already stopped swearing since Grace has sort of been born. Mm. She's really been a lot more sort of like vigilant with it, but I'm I'm still terrible. So I need to I need to pack it in. Well, this the, I've talked. I mean, I've talked about this with Lisa endlessly about you know when you see kids swearing. Yeah, like I used to see. You know, I, I, I'd see kids swearing all the time when I was when I was growing up. Every time we go down Broadfield shops. What when you were a kid? When I was like, like as I got to te- when I was got teenager, early twenties or whatever, you'd walk around and when you see a, a kid swear, you, you just go, "Oh my god!" Do you know what I mean, it's yeah, like yeah. it's like shocking, right? But this is what I think is mad about it. And I, I don't think I can quite, I mean, this is part of the problem. I don't think I can quite express it, which is a, a symptom of swearing too much, right? But I, I, I sort of think to myself, kids are, at some point, it's going to be okay to swear for kids, yeah, yeah. right? They get to an age where it's all right to swear. So why is it not all right to swear when you're a kid? Like, it, it's just, you know what? it's just words, right? Yeah. I, I don't, I can't get my head around. I, like, obviously, I don't want my kids to swear in public, but I think... To be honest with you, and I know this is bad, and I'd love to hear from people. I sort of don't mind if my kids swear to me, and it's just I don't really care. Do you know what I mean? Can I say something though? It's, I think yeah. it's an important part of descriptive language. I agree. First I time agree. I ever heard the word shit. Right? Yeah. We're sitting in uh, the school canteen, and yeah. uh, I was sitting next to a boy called Lee Hughes. Right? He, we were eating the mashed potato, which was disgusting. It was just vile mashed potato, right? And Lee Hughes looked me in the eye, and he said. This is shit, right? Every week, someone had described how disgusting the mashed potato was. But when he said this is shit for the first time, I was like, that that word is exactly... I don't know what that word means, but I know that it's a perfect description of how this fucking mashed potato tastes. Mm. And then you can mm. throw the fucking in as well. But it is. Yeah. I think it's an important part of, like, like, like look, do I don't want Grace swearing all the time. I, I, I shouldn't swear as much. Like, when we were doing King Gary, actually, weirdly, because you couldn't swear on a BBC One show. I, I actually I stopped swearing as much, right. and then when we're writing the curse or I'm doing, it's just I suppose it's just a descriptive way. Man, the c word I use all the time to describe things, and I shouldn't. I do too. I do too. But it's even bad. in an affectionate way. Yeah, yeah, me too, me too. But but the other but the thing is, it's like because I've re- I've sort of looked into it because I I don't know how much people talk to you about this, but like 
in stand up, when you start doing stand up, obviously, if you go, if you do like stand up on TV, you're only allowed every time. In fact, just comp- generally on TV, they have to justify every f bomb or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so it has to have, it has to. It has to be worth it, basically, I guess. So, like, when you start doing stand-up and you like looking to do stand-up on TV, you have to be careful about how much you swear. And if you get into a habit of swearing in a routine, it's very difficult to then, when you then do it on TV, you've got to strip it out and it feels like the rhythm of it's different or whatever. But on my tour shows, because I haven't done stand-up on TV for ages and because if you're doing a special, it doesn't really matter, I, I, I swear so much in my stand-up, do you know what I mean? And, 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 and the problem is... Is, is people will say that swearing has an impact, right? It, it's like a, it escalates, it escalates the power of what you're saying. And so then when you do it all the time, you actually are, you are completely undermining the point of swearing is the argument. You know what I mean? Also, so like, I, I do think that there's something to be said about only certain people can, like certain accents, certain voices can swear. But like some people, when they swear, it sounds so, like as, an, as well as somebody as an actor, but someone who's like done castings, like when, for me, swearing is quite a thing that you just throw away. I never, really th- I never, th- I never ever think about swearing as like, me neither. Maybe in a couple of little, um, routines, stand up wise, maybe, but certainly when I get a script, I never look at a script and go, Oh, I've got a fucking here. And I've really got to, like, no, accentuate that moment. But the amount of times that you do a casting and an actor will come in and they'll go, um, listen, if, if this goes the way I think it is, it's going to be the end of the fucking world, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's always the fucking, you know, instead of going, uh, yeah, if this goes the way I think it is, it's going to be the end of the fucking world. Right, that's that's how it should be. But it's so insane, like, when they people, some certain, you know, <clears throat> and good actors I've seen do it, read a script and then they go, they, they literally must underline the, the swear word. Yeah. And it's like, you know, I don't give a fuck what you think. I don't give a fuck what you think. It's like so, like <laughs> insinuated. <laughs> Lee Hughes, even when he was like eight or nine, threw away that like, oh, this is sh- oh, this is shit. Like he didn't go, this is shit. Yeah, yeah. he had to swear it better than a lot of actors now. Yeah, man. yeah. I find sometimes you don't even. Uh... You don't even notice when people are swearing. Like I went to, I went to see Lee Evans. I went to see Lee Evans on his. I mean, whenever you watch Lee Evans, right? Yeah, he's a master. Think, people think of Lee Evans as like a fa- as a family comedian, yeah. right? But oh man, you, no. wa- you watch Lee Evans. You watch Lee Evans stand up. He swears so much, man. I'm not. I'm not saying it's a criticism, but you don't even notice. No. You're just sat there, like you know him and, and Connolly are the two G's of oh, swearing, mate. Connolly can Connolly could call you anything under the sun, and he's just got a rhythm to his like, yeah, like. And and Evans, and you know who else is they're, of our generation saying, who's a G for swearing? Yeah, Bridges, Bridges, Bridges. Mate, is like, what a great shout! Swearing, swearing. They, I'm, I'm going to say it, Tom. You've led me into this, but I agree with you. What you swearing is an art form. Yeah, man. Right. If it's done well, it's brilliant. And I'm not, look. I'm not saying I do it well, but I just think it's a disrespected uh, craft. Yeah, <laughs> I, I'll I tell think. you what. One of the most beautiful things I ever saw. Uh, I was at Glastonbury Festival, right. And uh, Jay Z was headlining, right? right? It was one of the best thing, best shows I've ever seen. Anyway, that was like that was uh, everybody kicking off, yeah. because like, it was a hip hop act. But it was genuine. I mean, like he, as soon as he went to the stage, it was incredible. Anyway, like the party, we we ended up with a load of people as you do, sort of like partying. Everyone heads off to Shangri La, and there's like this sort of like you know group of people you sort of knew a few you didn't and there was this really like aggressive geezer there who was sort of like um you know just a bit of a geezer didn't usually sort of didn't have a festival vibe to him right and he was there with his girlfriend mm. and uh he was he was sort of they were dancing i don't know they were on some sort of uh mushrooms or pills right yeah and um he starts like crying to his girlfriend just like really like tears of emotion but yeah. and he just st- looks her in the eye and goes uh i fucking love you you Oh, right, my God. But he said it in such a sweet way when I, I heard so it. so beautiful. Really, but, like, there was no better way of him turning around to her and saying that than, than in the, the the words he used. Yeah. yeah. And he used it every, like, there was no, like, aggression. It was a real, like, that, yo, it was a it was a very beautiful moment. Oh, man. You've made me all emotional. <laughs> Speak, sp- by the way, speaking of being emotional, what a day oh, yesterday, man. You know what? Yesterday will be earmarked, I think, as maybe one of the biggest days in Wolf and Owl folklore. 
people in in years to come when they talk about the sort of the origins of the of the loose podcast that eventually became the bible for which by which every, all of society lived by they'll talk about this day yesterday it was where um and let me just contextualize this because i know what'll happen is i'll explain we'll explain i'm getting all aggy now but we'll explain what's happened and people go um i thought you were supposed to be friends so how was this a high pressure situation <laughs> but basically Tom and I have been friends for a long time. Uh, and also, I would say that our friendship, because we connected so strongly, I hope you don't mind me talking as freely as this, because we connected so strongly, our friendship, is, I think, has been on steroids. Do you know what I mean? I would yeah, say yeah, that we yeah, got yeah. to like... So, so, I'd say it's blossomed and blossomed and blossomed, and, and, and but, but it's almost like sort of like an army that's just getting stronger and stronger by the second. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Sort of a bit Putin-esque, but all right. So, um, but so Tom, Tom, I've met, I've met Tom, uh, obviously loads of times. I've met Catherine a couple of times. Yeah. I don't know how many, how many times did you met Lisa? I've met Lisa twice. Yeah. Okay. But never, because of circumstance, never have the four of us been in a room together. We've never hung out. Never hung out. As a, as as the yeah as a four. So yesterday you're uh, you're away for a little bit, and you were yeah. near you were near Mayans, and you were kind enough to take time out of your break to come and visit. You know Shea what? Ranga. It was it was a real highlight of the break, and there was a lot of nerves. I'm not going to. Oh. man, there was a lot riding on yesterday. I, I I don't even know. I don't even know what I would have done. I don't know how I would have reacted or how this podcast would have gone. <laughs> had yesterday sort of been tricky. If, if Lisa and Catherine hadn't vibed straight away, it was, it would have been, it would have been ag- like, you know what? I, I, it was akin to sort of setting up two friends on a date, isn't it? Yeah, it was like that, man. It was like that. Even on the way over there, I was just thinking if this doesn't get off to, because let me just say, by the way, Lisa and Catherine are very, very, very similar people. Yeah. They, oh yeah. I got, yeah, they're, they're they've yeah. got a feisty side to them. And, uh, <laughs> I, you know, I, I having met Lisa before, but also chatted a lot to her yesterday. I'm like, neither of them are going to take any shit, right? I know, which, which is, is why not... they're brilliant and they're amazing wives, yeah. and that's why we're both as a pair of uh, losers who are just quite laid back and chill. We probably end up, but I was like, when when they were chatting, you're like, oh, just one little thing here could could be the thing that sets I know, this off. I know. This could be the powder keg. But like, like, for, like I, I was. There's lots of things I was nervous about. That I can tell you about now. For example, like Theo had two of his mates over. We had a sleepover the night before, and um, and then Lisa said, uh, I've, "I've like I've got to drop the boys back off," and so she wasn't going to be here when you guys arrived. So that was anxious. They're not going to think you like them. <laughs> what a terrible welcome! I was like freaking out about that. Then you turned up. I waved at Catherine at the door as you pulled up in the uh, in the car, and I was like, "Oh, I did feel." I'm gonna be honest with you. I'm gonna tell you now. A little bit. I was nervous. I was yeah, nervous, I was. man. Do you know what made it even more nerve wracking for us is that having a baby and going anywhere like doing to, yeah, like yesterday. Man. So we're packing everything up, and then like she's she's like conscious of like you know what's what's the situation? Are we eating around there? Or are we doing this? I was like, look, we just need to take it chill. We yeah, but then um. So we get halfway to your house and I'm sort of texting Rom like, you know, it was almost like a massive like political vibe to, the, yeah. to yesterday. Like, um, And then uh, I looked in the bag and realised I'd forgotten all the baby's food. So then so we had to drive back. What, then, was, what, was, what was the chat like on the way back? Uh, uh, it, was, it wasn't good on my part, but then this is, this is, but then we bought some like flowers and stuff for Lisa. Right. And then we got like three quarters of the way back from coming back. And then Catherine was like, oh, did you pick up the bits for Lisa? And I was like, no, I, I thought you had. And then there was a real air of like, she was like, you can't go to someone's house without flowers and stuff. What are you thinking? And so we got some wine and like flowers, which now obviously, it's the flowers are the worst gift anyway, because we can't give them to Lisa in eight months time or three, even a month's time there, unless we dry them and go, oh, here we go. This oh, that would be nice. Yeah, I look so, forward to that presentation. Yeah. And then I'm given directions. Your house isn't, is actually relatively easy to find actually to be fair but mm. your directions were incredible i'll give you i will say this if me and you were in an army together mm. right second army reference i would definitely <laughs> go let rangan Nathan's in ch- charge of the directions for sure okay uh, sort of <laughs> no like but if it's you found like a, a, if you found like a water it's sort of an insult masquerade as a compliment that isn't <laughs> no, it? no but if you found like a watering hole or like some buffalo or something right, right to eat 
I'd be like, right, where are they? Where are they? You tell me. Where, where in where in military training do they start looking for buffalo? By the way, where where is that? Know, the first thing that came into my head? And all the troops would be like, oh, God, I'm so thirsty. And I'd just look at you and go, Ranganathan, lead us, lead us there. Or, or even just scribble down the directions and we'll we'll go and you just hang on out here. Because I don't deserve water because of what I've been doing or something. <laughs> no, you, Ranganathan, show us where the water is. When you do something that actually fucking deserves hydrating, we'll let you know. <laughs> no, but you stay here, you lazy no. fucking prick. I've got you... a tongue like Gandhi's <laughs> lip flop. I'd have assumed that you'd have had a little glass or a little taste of it just to see if it was all right for everyone before you'd head it back. (laughs) (laughs) So there was a real um, Mm. air in the car of like uh, turning up empty handed. Um, And also then we were both worried because Grace hadn't had a poo. Um, that she was going to have a poo at your house, you know. No, my dad had also, fun, it? yeah, no, but yeah, actually, I've got to say, you, you were very relaxed. I've got, actually, I'm going to say it now. You were an incredible host. Yes, Tom. No. You were. I, I was. No, you were. You were an amazing. You know, you, you were very nervous about the coffee. Um, I was very nervous about the coffee. Yeah, yeah. I thought really? I'd hidden that. No, no, I've never seen anyone make you were like you were like a sort of student who'd flunked all of their GCSEs and A levels. To, on their first day at Starbucks, and that was their only that was their only potential career move was being a barista. <laughs> and Louis, who runs the place, would turn around and go, "Right, let's just see how you can make it. If you can make it, the caffeinated soya latte is tremblingly going over to sort of like you know." But actually, I thought you did. With, and I even noticed you even when the water ran out in the system. I noticed that you just carried on chatting. You were very relaxed. Oh, yeah. I handled that. You handled that little setback. Yeah, yeah. I did it really, really well. Yeah, yeah. thanks. But they're very alike, aren't they, Catherine and Lisa? They are. And actually, uh, now that we spent a few, t- a few, uh, like a few minutes talking about the positives of what happened yesterday, let's uh, let's spend a little time talking about the negatives because what did become clear was a sort of a dynamic in the conversation. Yeah where Lisa and Catherine essentially share stories yeah. uh, of what's wrong with their husbands. And then sort of just like, and then what would happen is, by the way, is that y- you, you would be telling a story and then Lisa would fucking sort of critique you and take Catherine's side of it and vice versa. So we get in this situation where we're like, well, I can totally understand where Catherine's coming from. Oh, I could, well, I get why Lisa would be in. And, and I guess you've had a tough day, had you, Rom? Is that what you said? You, 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 said you, you could... really, when you were telling that story, I genuinely was like, <laughs> like, I will back you to the hilt and you know that. But you're like, I'm not going to, I'm terrified of Catherine. I'm like in an argument situation. I'm not going to take on Catherine and Lisa. And I love you to bits, but... I was like, mate, there's no way out of here. And you know, the, the thing was, so I'd literally been through exactly the same thing a week before. Mm. And I, like, as you were telling the story, all I could feel well, was... Well, we, we can share, we can share, yeah. we can share, we can share the story. I mean, look, it doesn't put me in a good light, right? But basically what happened was, I did Sunday brunch, which we can talk about at length if you like or not. But like, I, I did Sunday brunch <laughs> and... Um, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, on the way back, I, I phoned Lisa and I said, um, I think I'm going to pop to the gym when I get back. And she went, oh, okay. But the way she said, oh, okay, I knew that she wasn't happy about that, right? So I said, all right, I'll see you in a bit. And I put the phone down and I thought, well, I'll be honest with you, I'm thick enough to have to figure out what it is that the problem is there, right? Yeah, um, yeah. So w- we get we get home and I, and I think... I think so this is this is what I think happened and then later on upon reflection and also when telling the story yesterday I realized what actually so I get in and I I get ch- and Lisa's not back but by the way Lisa has been with the boys at a football tournament right and it's been pissing it down Charlie was in a tournament yesterday uh sorry day before and so and the dog and the and the dog was there as well yeah so she's done all of that and then she, I guess she's got a phone call out in the right <laughs> well she's while she's watching the boys and the dog and it's pissing it down she's got a phone call from me going uh yeah sunday brunch was fine yeah it was nice i had a curry and they did leave like some vegan like snacks and stuff <laughs> um but i think i'm gonna go to the gym when i get back so sitting that, that is sitting in the back of a car that's been driven for you <laughs> so then I, I get in and then stupidly i get into my track like my gym gear and then wait for Lisa to come back. 
I love the way I mean, you really, wait for her to come back. I know, really stupid, as if to rub it in. I could have just gone. I could have just gone before she got back, but no. I let me wait so that she definitely knows that I'm taking the fucking piss. <laughs> she, she, she comes in, and um, I, I go and go to the gym, and she go. I was, I was thinking of going to the gym, uh, I, and then I said that to test how annoyed she was, right? Because I wanted to see, did I imagine this on the phone or? And she goes, uh, yeah, okay. And I go, are you annoyed about me going to the gym? And she says, no, but I could tell she was. So I said, do you want to go to the gym? You can go to the gym if you want. She goes, no, it's fine. You go, you're, you're, in, you're, you're ready to go now, aren't you? And then I went, okay. And then I said, is everything all right? And then she goes, it's just easier for men, isn't it? Oof. And then, uh, 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 which I would say is true. Yeah. Um, oh, and yeah. then I said, Okay, for, and then, okay, and then I'm not proud of this. But I then said, you know, I've been... Oh God, I can't believe it. But before... Be, things, be, right, be, when you retell a story, right? You did this yesterday. I do it all the time. When you have to say the thing that you've said that makes you, <laughs> makes you not in a good light, but also you're so embarrassed about the fact that you've just... Yeah, you've dropped a bollock, basically, right? Yeah. So I said... And, I, and before people get in touch to say that I'm a fucking prick husband... I, I, I realised what I did immediately. I said, <laughs> well, I've been at work this morning as well, you know. Uh, and, and obviously, what my work is, is a car came to pick me up, took me to a studio where I had to sit and react to different dishes that were brought to me, uh, <laughs> made by a professional chef. And hanging out with Tiny Temper, who's an absolute genius. And hung out with Tiny Temper, uh, 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 who fucking shout out to that geezer, by the way. Legend. Absolutely love him. And then get a car back home. Uh, after, uh, oh, by the way, one of the sections in the show was uh, margaritas. So I tried a couple of those. And then, and, and then come home and, and then said to, said to Lisa, who's been outside in the pissing all rain. day, in the pissing rain, I've been at work. With two boys who didn't want to be there. Yeah. Listeners, I was ashamed. I, I realised immediately, and um, I did apologise to Lisa profusely because that was that was bad. So when uh, Rob was telling this story, because obviously it was pretty raw for them, the whole time he's telling it, Catherine's just staring at me, right? Because a week privy to this, um, <laughs> I had a day where you know me and James are writing a project at the moment. More of that to follow, but uh, we were. You know, writing, but we'd done like a long day, you know, started at like sort of half eight, it sort of worked till about half five. Mm. And I was, you know, like when you're just, you know, but I'm working with my, you know, best pal, we're having a laugh and we're writing, mm. you know, whatever. And then at half five, I come in, <laughs> Catherine's had Grace the whole day, taking Grace out with some friends, but you know, sort of. And I come in and my mate, uh, 4P, texts me, was like, Do you fancy going to the driving range? I was like, yeah, go on then. I've been working all day. So I went into the room and I was like, um, Oh, babe, I said, I'm just going to pop to the driving range for an hour or so. And she just looked at me and stared at me, but I was so sort of like oblivious to anything. I was so excited to be going to the driving range. She yeah. just stared, like genuinely just stared and went, are you? And I went, yeah, yeah, yeah. Thorby's just picked me up now. See you in a bit, yeah? Um, literally like that. And she just stared. Uh, it wasn't like, I at the driving range, I'll start off with my wedges, right? Mm. It, then I'll go through the irons. It got me to my five iron, right, which is about seven or eight clubs through, where I realised that I'd fucking pulled a rick out. <laughs> but actually, what I should have done is gone in and gone, right, babe, you've been with Grace all day. You go and have a chill, or go and watch Shane, or go and see a friend. I'll take her. Because I love spending time with my daughter, but it was just literally just the most fu stupid fucking move, right? I got home, and she she did the stealth thing of waiting for three days. Three days, man. Of, like... Not letting me, like, I was just like, oh, my God. Yeah, and you know, like, well, I kind of knew what I'd done was wrong, but then I'd start questioning everything I was doing was wrong. <laughs> and then she let me have it. So when you were telling that story, I could just feel, like, Catherine next to me, and Lisa was, like, clearly, like, fucking ready to sort of, like, load in on, like, and then Catherine just... Catherine got up like she was in, like, a fucking American, like, court oh, drama. Oh, mate, she got animated. It was like yeah, Al Pacino yeah. and then even Grace Sunday. in her arms, who's just staring, just going... Grace was looking at me and Romish like... She'd, she'd taken the, the, the women's side. She was looking at us like we were absolute pieces of shit. And all the boys were sitting there just like, oh, my God. Like, I hope we're, we're stronger men than our father <laughs> and his doofus friend. Yeah, it was... Uh, Real education, man. It was bad. It was bad. 
And also, uh, congratulations to Grace for meeting her first brown person yes, yesterday. Yes, very excited. Sunday. Sunday, very excited for her. She really enjoyed it. Yeah. Yeah. I think, like, sort of, as she approached on the driveway, a little bit of nerves. Um, <laughs> but then when she saw I'd married outside my race, she sort of got a bit more comfortable, didn't she? Yeah, you were quite nervous around a baby, actually. More nervous than I thought you would be. Because um, you've had three. Lisa just yeah. grabbed her straight away and just sort of, like, yeah, she did. Um, I, I'm going to tell you now, um, I think Grace is absolutely adorable, uh, but she's not as adorable as my fear of dropping her. Yeah. It's mad that you've had three, ba- I mean, three babies and you're still terrified of dropping them. Well, it's because, um, look, I, I, I was about to imply that I wouldn't be as terrified of dropping my own baby. It's just that... Um, <laughs> did you ever drop any of your three? Yeah, no, I did. I, so I, I did, actually. Um, I didn't drop them, but, it, like... It, I, I remember this, it's so horrible, is uh, Lisa was at work and it was when I just quit teaching. So like when I just quit teaching, I wasn't, you know, I, I, I'd quit too soon, basically. So I wasn't really that busy with comedy. And so I was actually like doing it. I was at home with the kids more than Lisa was for a little bit. And um, I was at a food court with my mum. We'd gone into town. And as I was like trying to sort Alex out, the seat just fell, oh. like slipped off the chair and like banged on the floor in the middle of like the, f- and people like looked and Alex started screaming and um, fuck man, you just feel like the worst person in the world. Do you know what I mean? Like you, because you're dealing with the fact that you, you're worried that you may have hurt your kid. And you're also dealing with the fact that there's all these judgmental, I mean, like as a parent, you feel like you're being judged oh, all the man, time all when your kid time. makes noise, man. Like all the time. It's like, and so then I was just like, oh God, I've, I've just got to get out of it. So I'd like, I, I don't even think I checked him properly. I thought I'm going to do this elsewhere. I've got to take him somewhere <laughs> private to make sure, like see I've damaged him permanently. Horrible, man. Man, at the um, moment, we've got the tip. We're going to try out the Rangan and and uh, the Romesh tip uh, of the, uh, She's been, been, been a bit bunged up, so I'm going to try out the uh, olive oil. The cotton bud. With the cotton bud. Yeah. I've, t- I've heard it's like magic, man. You know what? Magic. So you looked, I assume you looked it up. You're not no, no, my mum's an, an ex-nurse. And right. Catherine sort of said, oh my God, Romish was saying to like put a cotton bud with olive oil up her bum. And um, my mum actually went, oh, actually, that's something that you can do because it sort of like basically gets the anal glands going and all that sort of thing. Oh, yeah. hello. Romish knows yeah. how to get the anal glands going. <laughs> Fucking like Titan and all that. Like, it's well, I, think I, I, I did off- I did offend. I think I did offend Catherine then because I said you get a cotton bud with a bit of olive oil and you put it around the booty hole. And then oh, yeah, she yeah. said, "Yeah." I, I, I think there's an age where you can start. I mean, actually, I think there's an age where you, like the word booty hole. I don't think can be used on anyone, anyone in general, but um, <laughs> certainly not on anyone under eighteen. <laughs> like, <laughs> And also, like, I think there's a time when you could stop. Like, if I'm honest with you, swearing-wise, I don't have any... Like, I don't know where you can use the word booty hole. <laughs> It'd be acceptable. It's, it's like, of all of the descriptive... And also the way you said it was in such a caring way. There was almost like a sort of doctorish sort of vibe about you yeah, when you turned around. I went, oh, no. Yeah, just keep yourself that- a cotton bird, a little olive oil on it, and just have a little... Uh, a little like sort of swish, swish around the old booty hole there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know where uh, you know where I went near you. What? Uh, the, well, it's not near you. It's in, I'll just say it's in Sussex. But um, have you been to Lewis before? Yeah, I've been to Lewis. Yeah. My God, what a place! It's great, right? It's like insane. I've never seen so many health food shops. Yeah, I know. It's like it's middle class paradise. Though. Yeah, yeah. Like I mean, it's a beautiful place, right? I've got to say, yeah. I felt like. As soon as I got there, I felt a little bit like like I stood out, like a sort of. Mm. I I don't know what to do in a health food shop. I know that the stuff that's in there is, you know. And let, let me just shout, shout out anyone who works in a health food shop. Why? I've never been in a health food shop where the person in, like who's working there doesn't feel like that's the only place in the world that they want to be. Mate, that is a, that is a fucking great observation. You can go in any other shop, and like, you you it's a real lottery of people. Some people you might walk in and go. But even like if you go to a high end shop, actually, I want to say something as well. By the way, I went in an estate agents, right? And the snobby way oh, no. that this woman dealt with me was absolutely disgusting. Talk me through it. Right, so I go in, right? There's a house. Are you not, in, is this naming a shaming exercise? Or are you not? No, no, no. I won't because it's not. For, but so I go into <laughs> shaming exercise. I mean, you normally actually, do. I it feel by, like, about, 
I feel like I should could actually because it's yeah good wins. I'm going to throw good wins under the bus. Okay, so I go into good wins, right? Uh, there's a house in a window, and I'm just like, wow, that's, that looks exactly sort of thing that yeah, I like. The, I like the look at that place, right? Mm. Mm. I go in, and this woman just literally like in her underling this sort of like fucking sort of guy who thinks a fucking dupe and is wearing a fucking suit that's just sort of yeah, just yeah, like no no fucking socks, fucking mm. like a pair of brown loafers. The yeah. two of them, but he he's sort of half sort of like. You know, yeah, what are you after, mate? What are you after? What, what, what sort of, yeah, what? And so there's a house in the window I was looking at. And I said, which one? And she sort of almost sort of like laughed. And then she sort of like sort of gave a look to him as if she wanted me out of the shop. Okay, before you carry on with this, by the way. Yeah. Can I just ask, were you nervous? Because sometimes we are susceptible to this sort of thing. I've been susceptible to this sort of thing. Where you think that you're being treated as, like so? What was your attitude going in? Were, were you well, surprised? I would say no. I'm quite affable. I, I, I went in. I was like, "Hey, doing all right? I'm good. Right, good okay. afternoon." So you weren't you weren't on the back foot as you walked. No, in, no, no. Like, I was like, "There's a house." Oliver in the Twist window. asking for some more gruel. No, 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 no. And I was probably more like, if you're going to say like a musical character, I was probably like sort of the quite cool guy out of Hairspray. Okay, fine. Uh, okay. <laughs> right. Um, and uh, I kind of thought, I, I don't know. I just. I, do, I was literally just like I, I've, it was a, one of like the first time in a long time. Like when you work on building sites and you'll pop into certain shops and you'll be wearing mm. scruffy clothes, you you got used to the fact that you. you but that was because you're wearing scruffy clothes. It was like yeah, yeah, yeah. I, the, clearly the way I talked, the way I looked, and whatever. She made a very swift decision that there was nothing in there for me, and that I should Seriously? probably yeah, like genuine like. Genuinely, and then like I started saying, "Oh, do you, like, is it available for? Will we be able to have a look at me and my wife?" And she just literally just went like that, like this really annoying, like nope, nope, like sort of thing. And then she just got on the phone as I was talking to her, made a Fuck phone call, off. and just looked me up and yeah, like genuinely, like I I left there wishing I'd say, like I, I pussied out of saying anything. I was like, I should have said something. That's where swearing could, could have really come in useful. Mm, but mm. you know what? If I'd sworn, it would have just doubled down on what she thought of me, right? But I literally, I walked out of there just like offended, upset, and seething. So when you when you go in a health food shop, you're never going to get that. Health food shop. Shout out to anyone who works in a Holland and Barrett's, even the chain ones. But you know, the actual self-owned, like you know, self-run ones. My God, mm. I'd say if you want to feel better about yourself, both inside and out, as like as emotions, but also you know, get control of your health, go in a health food shop. It's a great, it's a really great advice. Hang really out there for a while. Yeah, Not, don't hang out there for a while. One of the things I find about uh, whenever I go into health food, I do, I do like the staff in there. They're always like very, and you start to feel like, you know, Whenever I go into a health, a health food shop, I start thinking, you know what, I'm going to start making some changes. <laughs> I always have like a mini kind of epiphany when I go in there. That's the one thing that happens. The other thing that happens is I'm always, without fail, shocked at how expensive nuts are. <laughs> yeah. I don't know when I'm going to walk into one of those shops and not be appalled at how much a, a, a bag So with nuts, nuts, right? And nuts basically edible wood? Uh... <laughs> No. What, what, sorry, well, no. If you why, look why... at the breakdown of a nut, if you bite into a nut, and then also you cut a tree in half, not to say you cut a tree in half. Very similar sort of like insides. Similar vibe. Nuts are seeds though, aren't they? Yeah, but then seeds are also what makes trees. Okay. Um, so I just... Then that's like saying you're a sperm. <laughs> I've been called that before, son. <laughs> no, but it's... No, but you know what? I just saw sometimes... That's what I think like... Yeah, it's like sort of, I guess, like sort of grass isn't edible, but spinach is type thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I get, I do, I do weirdly. I get where you're coming from, which I find frightening. <laughs> um, do, do you ever have you ever have you ever like um, you know when you buy like a big bag of of nuts? I, I mean, I very rarely do it, but you know, occasion on the occasions when like you might buy a fruit and nut mix or something. Yeah, yeah. I find I don't want to be disgusting, but I find the I find shitting. Not great. Not 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 great. I don't like it. Yeah, but you know what it is? Is everything what? in a health food shop is going to get your bowel working to another level that you never knew? Prunes, apricots, nuts. Yeah, you, know, you literally come out of there with a bag full of stuff that's just going to make you shit right for 
Yeah. Like, yeah. That's why you when when you see a lot of those people who work in health food shops, they never look like they're struggling for like no. with bowel complaints. And also very few of them have bad breath. Yeah. Also never use a toilet at a health food shop because I imagine that's getting a lot of action. <laughs> <laughs> have you ever used the toilet in the, a shop the number before? of shit breaks they must have in a Holland and Barrett <laughs> have you ever used a toilet in a shop before have I ever used no I, I think only petrol stations I've ever used and a Sainsbury's I've done it I went for a phase of asking to use a toilet in the shop in, in like what shop a <laughs> different shop if I was out shopping like no but like would you do it in like an oasis or something what, number one why would I be going in an oasis I don't know you're looking for a nice top for Catherine or something yeah, I suppose it's just a fair enough point. But no, not if I was... No, yeah, they'd have to be an ilk of... Like, I wouldn't go in somewhere if I was shopping for, uh, like, say, for Catherine or, like, a present for my mum. But if I was going in, like, G-Star or if I was going into a sort of, like, I don't know, like Ralph Lauren or whatever. Yeah, but know. then they say... I take it, they assume they say no, right? Well, I actually legally think they can't. I think they can, mate. I, I think... I think you know, no, I think... I think, just... I think they're only allowed to say... They're only, they're only legally obliged if you're pregnant, aren't they? No, I think I don't know if that's true, mate. I think if you need a poo legally, like my mate tried this, so I'm not sure if he's telling the truth, but he said he knocked on someone's door once and he needed a poo and they let him in. Fuck off, Tom. <laughs> no, but like, Tom, the, the, I swear that there's something in like the sort of like old school laws that say if you need a dump, like you can just basically go like you can knock on someone's yeah, door. Yeah, but so okay, fine. But poo. there's also like, isn't there a law that you're allowed to carry twelve oxen through the centre of town or whatever? I mean, is yeah, right, real, is it? But also, needing a poo, and we've talked about poos quite a lot, but mm. like, it's one of the most brutal things ever. I made sure before I went around to yours yesterday, I was fully like, I. I thought you were gonna. I thought you were gonna be locked and loaded and ready to go in my house. No, 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 no. Now, if I'm honest with you, the nerves actually had the opposite effect mm. on me yesterday. But like, I genuinely was like, I don't, yeah. But if I go shopping sometimes, I'll just yeah. Like, because all sh- stores, you might not know this, all shops have to have toilets for their staff. I think I think almost everyone knows that, mate. <laughs> but then what you so what you you basically got a toilet that's probably going to be used eight times in a day. Depending yeah, but on the... but but the other thing is is if somebody if somebody comes up and says, and I don't want to stereotype, but if somebody looks like you or I goes up to a shop assistant and says, "Can I use your toilet?" Let's be honest, it's not going to be for anything. Ah, uh-huh. this is where you, this is where I probably should have explained. You've got to look like you're going to be buying quite a like that you're doing a proper shop there. Oh, I see. So you okay. get a few items, you get a little bit of a rapport going with some of the staff, you have a little bit of a laugh, uh, probably spend 10, 15 minutes at looking at stuff, and then you go, oh, can I, is it right for you to use your toilet? You know what? what one of the things I found uh, I found tricky when I first started doing a lot of work in London is needing to go to the toilet, needing to take a shit in London, right? It's, it's tough. And um, I, I, I went for, for a phase of um, pretending I was on the phone and walking into a pub and saying, going and taking a shit and then leaving, going, oh, so is, oh, is it the one down the road then? All right, I'll come see you there or whatever. I don't know what, who I'm performing this for, but I just became, I became paranoid that these people would like see me coming to do that. And then I got into a phase, but this takes a little bit of guts of, of going to hotels. Hotels are the best ones. Mate, I respect they are the best you ones, so but, much but, for this. But, but hotels are the best ones. But if you go to the best hotels, there's someone on the door. And you, that so is a tricky thing to this negotiate. This is probably not right. So listen, for probably the last, because like yourself, for the probably the last eight years, right, where I've been going into London, you know, working wherever, like doing writing. I've like, especially if you're gigging, you want to probably have a flush out before you get there, right? Yeah. So the one, my, I went for a meeting once as Right, I couldn't believe, like, the guy at the door was so fucking lovely, right? Mm. Shout out to, like, you know, whatever his name is. Went into, like, this day, right? But what I realised is there's a couple of different entrances in mm-hmm. right, that aren't aren't manned, right? If you've got enough bluster to this walk This is through, insane that you would actually name the hotel in this, but okay, go on. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, let's, let J, let's let JT decide whether you should bleep this, because you might have just fucking ended this hotel, but anyway, sure. go on. So I've been doing this for years. I've been going in there and using this toilet. Right. Number one, I will say this, is the toilet, the actual quality of the toilet and the toilet paper has started falling quite substantially. Are you like, serious? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's little bits there where I'm like, the tiling needs doing. I've spent a lot of time in there. Yeah. yeah. Tiling needs doing. The toilet paper isn't quite as like absorbent or as soft as it used to be. Yeah. Um, but anyway, I go in there the other day, like literally before I was gigging at um, ABC. Yeah. Shout out James Gill. And I was Shout like, out James Gill. But the toilet there is awful at uh, 
Tommy, the Tommy Field. It's a terrible toilet. It's in the worst five toilets. In, and like, I love the gig. It's probably my favourite gig in, in the world. I love James Gill. I love all the staff who work there are amazing, but the toilet is absolutely... And let me chat say as well, I ripped a very like nice jacket, expensive jacket on the toilet there because it's so fucking... As a big man, it's very hard to navigate. I so, would say don't don't if you need a shit, you need to not go to that place. No, 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 no. And or, or just that is a prime time to knock on a door and just say, look, yeah, fucking here's fifty quid. Let me have a shit. Well, well, they've got they've got a hotel there. Actually, I would say I would say if you find yourself there and needing a shit, I would actually argue it's worth booking a room. <laughs> <laughs> well, and hiring the toilet out for like ten pound a time for anyone needs a. Pub. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they just I just go to the pub. Look, guys, great news. I, I, I've I've got I've got us a toilet. I'd, I'd uh, go you can s- either chip in or just buy me a beer. But, if they you saw know. the toilets out there, and I think it's a problem that a lot of London pubs have with toilets. Mm. Anyway, so I'm like, right, I'm going to drop, you know, get into my flow, go to the toilet. I always need to go before a gig. I get in there, right? But literally, as I start walking in, there's a new guy at the door who scuttles over and stops me, and he says, "Um, are you uh, are you eating at a bar?" And I said, "Oh yeah, I'm. I'm just meeting some people there in a minute." And he's like, "Okay, yeah. Um, we're gonna have to ask you not to use the toilet." And I was like, what? "Really?" And he was like, "Yeah." And he basically he he clocked me. I've been in there three times that week already. This was on a Thursday, right? <laughs> <laughs> he he clocked me coming in there to use it for a, like a, basically a dump. And he was like, "We can't. Yeah, you can't just be coming in here." Um, like it's fine if you're going to sit and you're going to eat or you're staying with us we'd love to welcome you as a guest but you can't just come and use the toilet basically oh my god did he say that yeah how he, did you feel were you embarrassed of course I was embarrassed I was wearing a big coat anyway so I was sweating well, no, the big thought in my, in my head is sweaty man coming to your <laughs> coming to your establishment just to have a turn out so in the back of my head all I can think of is oh my god like where am I going can I go for a fucking shit before yeah. the, the big gig like the gig yeah you're freaking out I guess. yeah 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 but also, yeah, so, um, and also, like, you know, when you're looking forward to something, mm. right? And I, all I could think of, probably for the last, like, an hour and a half before the poo was how nice the poo would be. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I always, the other thing is, like, when I get in there, I always use their Wi Fi for a bit, yeah, you know, sure. sit and read. You know, I like, if I go into a toilet like that, I like to be there for half an hour. No, I agree. I admit, I mean, I know you're saying, but I agree. I totally yeah. agree. You've got to take so that one now, and I don't know whether we should beep it out, but that's a no-goer now. So I'm looking for a new place to drop my bags. I mean, the sensible thing to have done would have been to find three bases and just sort of rotate a bit. I yeah, mean, three yeah. times in a week where you're just turning up to have a shit. Come on, mate. Well, yeah, but this is the thing. It's, so- like, it's like you want to be caught. It's <laughs> good. An air of cockiness to it. But there's also, like, sometimes when you're working in certain offices in London, like, like that's the one place I really freak out about going to the toilet. Well, you know, you know, sometimes, yeah. So, so there are some. Off- I don't want to name the offices, right? But there's certain look, when you do when you're doing shows and you're writing shows, you do writing days in the office, right? And there are certain places I've done sh- I've done like writing days where I've become anxious about going for the day yeah. because I've thought that the, the the toilet situation at this place is not acceptable, right? In yeah. terms of like what I mean is like the 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 toilet is too public for the yeah, yeah, for the yeah. space, right? Yeah. If so, it's just leading off the office, like the door is there and there's no corridor. Yeah. yeah. It's like people, I don't know if people don't think about this, but I cannot, I cannot, if a toilet is in clear view of like people in the office or, you know, or it's, you know, centrally located or it's like a lot of footfall by it, you may as well, I, I'm not going to use it. You yeah, may as well not have a toilet there. I can't. I think there I should can't. be a thing that, and I'd actually look, if anyone wants to get in touch about investing, I would like. I think in London you should, there should be like, you know, like um, big car parks. Yeah. I think there should just be like a massive, like, not like cruddy public toilets, but really nice toilets that are well looked after and manicured. Right? Do you know what? I, I, I have I have had ex- exactly the same thought, but I've actually sort of, I was sort of thinking about the business viability of that. And the problem is, the problem with doing that, by the way, because the idea of having that sounds amazing. The problem is, is that the amount of money it would cost to keep those in the condition that you want them to be, is not people wouldn't be willing to pay that kind of money. I know you or I would because we're toilet connoisseurs, but I'm talking about just sort of the average kind of punter is not going to want to pay. what's Because think about it. 
What 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 have you found when you've gone to any public toilet? You know, like you go go to Victoria Station, yeah. go to the toilets. Yeah. Good luck not having an experience that stays with you for the rest of your life. All right. <laughs> okay. So so you've got to be on top of it. You've got to be like yeah. But then that's I think got if, to be kept if me and you sort of ran it probably for the first six to eight months, then we've got a manager and it might be all right. Mm. I mean, we're to be fair, we've both got told off for being too busy anyway, so I don't know what Lisa and Catherine's reaction would be. I, if we I, I wasn't opening. anticipating being across that myself, to be honest with you. <laughs> I'm just thinking of like, bad toilet stories. Like, I'm just thinking of one of my worst ones. Right? Um, I don't know why this is taking a left forward into the toilet world. Like, but um, So... Uh, one of my other favourite toilets to use is the Big Marks and Spencers in uh, just off Oxford Street. Or right. Yeah, great toilet. Well, actually, that is always you know, the first time I used it. Uh, I was I went into Marks and Spencers. Uh, it was like on many levels, and I was like, oh, I need to get to this. Uh, I need to get to the toilet. So I'm sort of like run, running up, you know, looking at like the um, the signs for the toilets. I open the door door to, that says it's the toilets, right? And it's just yeah. this long, long corridor, right? Mm. And I can see that there's a gentleman's toilet to to the end, right? Mm. Um, and then there's a guy just in front of me. He's sort of walking. I'm sort of walking behind him really, really quickly. Both our pace intensifies as we both need the toilet more, right? He gets to the toilet before me and opens the door, right? And sort of turns to close the door behind him. And I just pushed the door. I said, what are you doing? I... I I'm coming in there. What? Right. And he went, what are you doing? I was like, I'm coming in, mate. I'm coming in there. Right. I thought that it was like a gentleman's toilet and there's oh like four or five urinals and a oh couple of cubicles. Right? <laughs> it was one singular toilet. Right. <laughs> and he was like, what are you doing? And I'm like, mate, like, seriously, I need to piss. And he was like, you're not coming in. And then he pushed me back and closed the door and locked it. And then I sort of stood there, like, sort of... So had you realised at this point it was one toilet? No. Yeah, I sort of then had the idea it was, but I was so, like... When he opened the door and I completely, it was affirmed to me. It was... But his face was absolute, like... Yeah, yeah, but you can't... You, you can't... <laughs> no, listen, no, I'm you not can't, blaming him, because I... You can't apportion any blame to him at all, no, you know? No, because in his mind, he's basically sort of going for the toilet, and then all of a yeah. sudden... And then, a... and then you'll be on him going, I'm coming in there, I'm coming in there. <laughs> but also, there, there was probably a good, like, I don't know thinking in golf terms, a good fucking, at least 100 yards, 150 yards of like me, like quite quickly sort of like following him down to the toilet as well. Mm, mm. You know, and I'm not like subtle when I need a wee. I, like little groans exactly. come out, like little groans and little sounds come out. It's quite, a, yeah. Yeah. I was, I was at the pub the other night and uh, this happened, I mean, this is not the first time this happened, but a guy just absolutely let rip with a fart at the urinal next to me. <laughs> Well, you know what I'm noticing actually more and more at the moment is a lot of pubic hair is in. Yeah, I don't know what is going on. How what is? It... Why is that? Why does that happen? Like, who, who's fucking malt, basically malting above? Like, they're going for a piss in a public toilet and pubic hair. Like, like an insane amount. I don't know if it's like an after effect of COVID, but it's like once you notice it, like, and I'm shouting out to all men now. Once you notice it, you, you're you're not going back. You'll fucking see it all the time. You're looking at your rhino, it's like fucking like... Yeah, well, I mean, what, 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 it's what, like a load what, of spiders have just been slaughtered. I know. I, I don't also sort of... I mean, listen, I don't know what my shedding... I don't know how many times I've shed into a urinal. Oh, this is so <laughs> disgusting, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, yeah. Um, it's, it's like it's, it's happening more and more. Maybe it's an epidemic. Uh, right, we, we, listen, mate, we, we absolutely got out of control here. We need to do emails. Yeah, let's do some emails, boy. Uh, okay. Um, this is from The Snail. Wow. Hello, Wolf Allen, the Swan. I love listening to the pod as well as your numerous other shows. Suffice to say, if either of you are in it, I'll watch it. A very quick email here. Way back in December, I sent you an email that's haunted me ever since. The mere thought of any of you reading it has kept me in an eternal state of cringe since December whenever it crossed my mind, which is a few times a week. It was so self-pitying and pandering to you all in quite a frankly sickening way that I'm completely knocked shot to didn't get picked to feature on your pod. My only hope is that the Swan read it and immediately deleted it while rolling her eyes. Honestly, it deserved nothing else, which would be slightly more tolerable than thinking all of you had read it. So this brings me to my new question. Have either of you ever done something that afterwards has made you cringe to even think about it? Apologies for the initial email. No doubt I'll be adding this to my ever-growing cringe pile in a month or so, as is my way. Stay awesome. Much love to all of you, the snail. Yeah, I mean, um, pretty much most of my adult life has been a selection of cringeable mo- I mean the fucking toilet one I just told was awfully cringe mm. uh, 
I'm trying to, it's, you know, it's one of those weird questions where like you get asked and you can't think of it because I think there's been so many. I, I did, yeah. One one the other day, oh man, the other day like, I was thinking about, you know, like when you were trying to be cool when you were young, younger. Mm. And I remember when we were, you know, when you first started sort of going out to sort of bars and whatever and uh, sort of like 16, 17 and you sort of, I remember seeing this girl I really, really fancied and she was with some mates uh, on the high street. And uh, she, they sort of stopped and started chatting to me. Uh, and I sort of was trying to be quite cool. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And she was like, oh, she was like, oh you know, you go in this place later. And I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, chatting to her. And, and sort of, I could tell her mates thought I was a bit of a sap anyway. Do you know what I mean? But mm. she sort of like, you know, anyway, chatting away. And uh, I thought, oh, this is going really, really, really well. Like, I, I feel like, and she sort of turned around and was like, um, right, um, yeah, well, we might see you later. Um, just, uh, you know, see you down at the bar and all that. And as uh, as they all walked away, I said, um, yeah, yeah, yes. Yeah. See you in a while, crocodile. All right. It was the look that all of her friends first gave me of like, like it's the sort of thing your dad would say, right? Or like your sort of want to be cool uncle says, right? Mm. But the, the look that then they gave her that she even knew me was so fucking like I felt so sorry for her. She genuinely looks like they were like, if he's at that bar later, if you talk to him, we'll never talk to you again. <laughs> it was so like I don't know why it crossed my mind the other day. It's just you know that thing of trying to be like I, I've had so many times in my life where I've tried to be cool or tried to sort of it happens to me all the time. Like so and yeah. So in answer to your question this now, my life has been it's a constant thing of cringing. Yeah. Um I I, I would say uh Two things. One, um, the reason that you're slightly embarrassed is because you were obviously concerned about something. I haven't, I haven't sought out the email, by the way, because I thought you'd be annoyed if I did that. Uh, but I would say, Snail, that that email wouldn't, wouldn't have been cringe. It's like the reason we think things like that are cringe is you feel a certain way, you express that feeling, and then you feel bad about it later on. But that doesn't invalidate how you felt at the time. So don't worry about that. In terms of, uh, have you ever done anything that after has made you cringe if you think about it? I've got, like Tom said, I've got loads of these things, but there's little things that happened in my childhood that I think about now and I still feel, I feel fresh embarrassment as if it's just happened. Uh, one of the things I would say that the teacher was sort of to blame for this is that I used to do judo and at, uh, after school and I left my judo suit at school one night and went home. And my judo suit had my name in it. And the next day, the teacher said, oh, Ramesh, you've left your judo suit. Uh, uh, you left your judo suit at school last night. And then he pulled out the trousers and he said, um, you've also left something in your trousers. And there were two massive skid marks down the inside of my judo suit. <laughs> And I don't, I don't know, I don't know why. First of all, can I just say? <laughs> also, that judo teacher is an absolute fucking. Yeah, what hell. an absolute fucking. Yeah, but you know that's like. that's if anyone was going to fucking like write a judo teacher, that's what he'd be like. Yeah, and then <laughs> uh, and, the, uh, and now every every now and again, I rem- I remember <laughs> I remember that that happening. Like he just held up the trousers like they were like. Did he hold them like so you could see the front? Yeah, and then he just dropped the front so you, then you could see the back. Yeah, he just like it, you, like the wor- the worst thing was I was sat at the back of the room and I could see the skid marks. <laughs> so it's like they were yeah. Anyway, I don't want to get into detail about how bad they were, but uh, but that that is uh, fucking that is basically that, that takes a lot of coming back from. Uh, another thing that I happened that is really embarrassing and cringe is that um, I've I've talked about this in in, in my book, so I apologise if you read the book. For a number of reasons, but one for that you'll have heard this story before. But basically, we were we were on a school trip, on a residential trip, and there's another school that were also at the trip. And these um, the kids from our school weren't really getting on with the kids from the other school. It was a bit of like beef or whatever. And I was one of the only kids that was sort of getting on with the kids from the other school. It's like tragic. And um, <laughs> one day we decided to do a thing. It's so stupid that I decided to do this, but... We decided to do a thing that we thought would be funny in front of the other kids where we were going to pretend that we're having an argument. And I don't know why we thought this would be funny. I think, basically what I think is this kid wanted to be racist without um, without punishment. But we decided it would be funny if like, we pretended to get into an argument and he said some racist things to me. 
and I'd get upset, but obviously it was, I was in on the joke and we were like, I mean, essentially it's kind of racist bullying. But then what, what happened was is we started doing the joke and we started doing it. And then what happened was is midway through, I started to really get upset. Uh, and, and I started... Oh, man. I, I started crying um, and getting really upset. And then he thought that that was just the joke was really working and that I was a really good actor. So he kept on saying more and more stuff. And so it ended up being escalated to the teachers uh, and the te- teachers got involved. Obviously, they're a- absolutely fucking horrified uh, that a kid had been using racist language, but not as horrified as when they found out that the kid that had been crying about it and was really upset about it was one of the organisers of the event. <laughs> to make more friends. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, it's so fucking like... <laughs> it's You know when someone told you a story and it just... You cringe because it reminds you of something. I remember, like, fucking in middle school, right? Yeah. <laughs> exact similar thing. Like, fucking, but different in a way that basically, because I was, like, the biggest kid, like, the tallest kid, this other boy basically said that if we had a fight and engineered that he beat me up, it would do it, him work. Like, it would basically do us well that we'd have this amazing fight that everyone would come to. <laughs> uh, but, and I just wanted to be his mate. So basically, you know the thing is that's so funny about this. In both yours and my story, I don't know what the benefit to us is. No, it's just as, as you were telling it, I've never, I've not really ever thought about it. But I literally now just remember sort of lying on the fucking floor in the oh my god in the game field. Honestly, Tom, you are going to be so popular after as, this. He fucking shoes you rain down on me, and people were cheering him. <laughs> and then, but this is a mad thing, right? This is a mad thing. Yeah. This fucking guy, I saw him when I was about 26 or 27. Yeah. I saw him out one night and he was like, um, oh, fucking hell, man. Do you remember when I fucking kicked your ass? What? And, right? And I was like, yeah. Like, I sort of remember, like, us discussing, like, and he was like, mate. And then he started telling his mates who weren't mate mates of mine. And now yeah. at this point, I'm a fucking scaffolder. I'm, I'm a bit of a lump. And he, but he's yeah. telling everyone going... Mate, fucking, we must have been about 16, 17. I was like, we were 13, 12 or 13. Yeah, I was 12, you were 18. (laughs) I was still taller than you. And he was like, I fucking levered you, didn't I? Like, I remember you just like, and I was like, yeah, but we arranged it. And he was like, fuck off, bruv, and all that. And I was just like, you know, in the end, but this is the saddest thing. I was 27. I went along with it then. I went, oh, yeah, yeah, fucking hell, yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, it was just, yeah. Christ, you I actually genuinely I, I, feel a bit I, I sick. Thought, yeah, you know when you sort of get an insight into, you know, like sometimes you think, what what part of me is me, and what part of me is conditioning, and like what I've been like led to be to, to believe is correct behaviour by society. And then when you have moments like that, you go, oh no, in, in my inner core, I am fucking pathetic. <laughs> that that is that is pure rubbish. That yeah, that's yeah. not. <laughs> yeah, because you know what? It's like if that happens right now, you you, you like that's that's us at our most raw. That, that's us before that. That's us. Yeah, before. That's untouched. That's untapped pure Tom Davis and Roma Schrang and I. If, if that, that was us, genuinely, that's that fucking young age going, well, this seems a good way of making friends. <laughs> People are actually abused. Yeah. No, you're right. Shit. I, I don't belong in this country. My family are scum. No, this is good. Please like me. Just let me another time, smack me in the face another time. <laughs> and then, yeah, by the looks of things, I might be going to Kirsty Taylor's birthday party. <laughs> <laughs> Right, Tom, listen, um, I don't know what you want to do, man, because uh, well, obviously well, it's I, tough. I've got, I've got a chip in a minute, but uh, maybe we might have to do a little, this could be a week for a bonus or a little uh, bonus episode. Yeah, let's do that. Yeah, let's do that. Yeah, I've got um, a bit of time. But what well. I was going to say is, as you're on, as you're on holiday, yeah. do you, are you still up for doing the final closer? Or are you, yeah, uh, I'm not cheap, brother. Okay. Oh, great. That's great. That's yeah. wonderful news. Yeah. What is flourishing? What is something that expands and gets better? We're something that maybe you've been putting off for a while. But you know what? You need to attend to it. The truth about life is we are all just individual seeds of rice or Rice Krispies or tiny little things that are on a kitchen island. And alone, just sitting there, we're just nothing. We're not even a meal on our own. But once we're poured into a bowl with other rice krispies or other seeds of rice and the milk and then other sort of stuff that goes with those different foods, you know, pearl barley, uh, 
I don't know, some sort of curry, some sort of Mexican food, um, you know, even a burrito, right? The fact of the matter is our flavor expands and we become something more than just what we were. What is the meaning of what I'm saying? The meaning is this. You are an ingredient in a delicious dish of life. Make sure you find the other components to make your dish that little bit more tasty. Go meet people and be you. That is, what a lovely, wow, Tom. Even on holiday. Yeah. You bring truth and light to, to all of us. So thank you. Um, guys, thank you so much for listening. Um, I think we should, do, listen, I don't know if we do, we, we've done this a couple of times. I've been listening to this song, Skanking Sweet by Chronic. I don't oh. know if I mentioned it before. Yeah, it's a nice song. JT, can you give everybody a little burst of the chorus of that? Send everyone off on their day. Have a great one, guys. High five, friends. High five. From the wolf and the owl. Out. Ta-ta. If you have a problem, opinion, feedback, or anything at all, please email us at wolfalpod at gmail.com. That's wolfalpod at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you, mainly because we don't have any content ideas. Thank you.